that's a growler. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Never Ending Minute where we analyze, scrutinize, and wenchifies the, the movie The Never Ending Story. I'm Thomas Howith. That's not a word. I'm Tierney Steele. <laughs> and with us today is a longtime friend of mine, Donnie Carr. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem. Donnie and I have our old high school friends and found out we were both podcasting, so we decided to meet up with each other and join each other in podcast land. So we have come full circle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm glad we were able to kidnap you over to movies by minutes for a little while. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, we're going to talk about the never-ending story today. Hopefully that's not a surprise to you. Today we're talking about Minute 50, which starts with Enkiwook introducing himself to Atreyu. And it ends with Enkiwook telling Atreyu about his book while being hauled up the hill in a basket to his observatory. Hauled up a hill, huh? <laughs> well, I did. Yeah. So we'll get there. We will. We will. I mentioned before that I would always get these two mixed up with Miracle Max and his wife in the Princess Bride minute, or in the Princess Bride, which has a minute <laughs> podcast. But yeah, I didn't know about that when I was a kid. So yeah, not all of my life because I knew about the Neverending Story a lot earlier. But most of my life, I have had this little bit like. These are two separate, you know, couples of little old people in these fantasy movies in the 80s. It's like their dynamic is really similar. I'm not a witch, <laughs> I'm your wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first thing in, first second into this uh, minute, I could not get past his tooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is up with that tooth? How do you chew anything with that? What is that thing going to do? Fun fact. Those two are modeled in both appearance and demeanor on uh, Pierre and Marie Curie. Oh, wow. I did not know that. No, that's that's a lie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> are we going to play Two Truths and a Lie this whole, the whole I've podcast? I've heard of him. <laughs> I, I hope that's a lie. I didn't fact check that. <laughs> I mean, it could be the truth, and we just don't know it. But. That is not an equal dynamic in that relationship. It's got a weird way where it kind of is, though, because when she's in charge, she's in complete control. But they have this weird thing where they switch control. Like, once yeah. he's taken over, he is completely in control and she'll do whatever he says. It's really, really odd. So is she also a scientist? No, I think she's more of a medicine she's a, woman. She's okay. a healer. She's like an herbalist. Right. She is a doctor, according to her. Okay. So I think I think you're right. They just kind of trade back and forth the it's, the position. <laughs> if I buy that he's a scientist, I buy that she's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> it all works together. Yeah. yeah, their dynamic is really weird though, where it just switches off where she's like I said in the last minute, when she took control, she was in complete control and he had to, he cowed to her. And then now that he's got the got the like speaking stick she cows to him and does whatever he wants. It's interesting. But she doesn't take it lying down. I love her. There's no fool like an old fool. Yeah. She's walking away. It's the perfect, like, toss away over her shoulder insult. That women are great at. <laughs> I, I will point out another moment later, but I don't want to get too ahead because I know 
we want to talk about the scientific circles. Yeah. (laughs) He's got to give her some leeway. She's going to man the crank. Yeah. Right. Come on. There's this moment, though, where she definitely checks out his butt, though. It's kind of (laughs) cute. (laughs) That's how old people stay in love. Well, yeah. Clearly, they've been together for a long time. Yeah. This is... Yeah, you're right. This is the little old couple. This is just their dynamic. They're both (laughs) okay with it, so that's good. Um, It makes me happy... Another thing we had been debating in earlier minutes is like, why here, Falcor? Like, why don't you just go? And it's like, well, of course they landed here. This is the right place. There's a healer and an expert on the Southern Oracle. Good job. Pretty lucky if you ask me. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Well, I I know in previous episodes, you guys have talked about the hero's journey. And I mean, it's the same reason that... Falcor doesn't fly a Treyu straight to Mount Doom. It doesn't make <laughs> it doesn't make for a good story. He's got to stop here so he can have some journey to himself and actually have that transformative experience. Yes, even yeah. if the math doesn't add up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least we don't have a fly your fools conspiracy crazy Reddit theory going on here. <laughs> um, I'm pure. I'm pretty sure. So. Book has called Urgul Wench a couple times now, but that that was just done for this to the Wench Wench line, right? Yeah, it had like, to be built up for this. That's the only reason that's there for that beautiful alliteration. Yeah, I almost I almost want to go back and count to see if he's done it two other times to make this the comedic third. <laughs> like, I think it might it might be. That, that would be interesting. I'd almost need to go back to the other minutes and see. I, mean, I would honestly say that to my own wife if she were going to a winch, and that is not cool. But if there's another winch involved, yeah, you're going to do the play on words. Of you have course. to. It's almost required. Yeah. It's, it's like dad joke 101. Yeah, she, she would understand. You you, you got to give a, a free pass if a winch is involved. Yeah, and Ur- Urgel knows this. And I also love... I mean, first of all, I love this whole setup that they go out to, but I also love when he is, like, giving her grief about, you know, go faster, look at her face. I love how clearly Urgle would give him the finger if it didn't take both hands for her to crank this (laughs) wench. (laughs) Like, she just makes that face where it's like, I'm not doing it, but you know mentally I'm doing it, so shut up. (laughs) She has to agree. He's got the speaking stick. (laughs) (laughs) although it does kind of call his science skills into question that that's the best method of conveyance he's come up with so far yeah that's quite quite the interesting contraption there really speaking of uh princess bride (laughs) really brought images of the machine to mind overly elaborate except this one uses sand instead of water apparently yeah his is ergo powered he couldn't come up with a device that it was a little easier on her wrists well, at least he did, you know, add the counterweight of the sand to help her turn yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah. Still, she's like a thousand years old. <laughs> she's working hard, but I also, and I want to believe that, like, she was involved in, you know, like, she had to know as this was being built how this was going to go. So at some point, I like to believe that she signed off like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I'll, I'll turn the that crank. That makes sense. <laughs> she's more than happy to send him up there because then she doesn't have to deal with him in the in the cave. Yeah, and once he's oh. up there, he's up there at her mercy. She gets Pretty all the meantime she wants until she Love cranks that. him back down. 
<laughs> this is awesome. I love the idea of her just being like, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready for you to come down yet. No, no. I think you need to do some more studying. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, uh, he can say all the winch wenches that he wants, but he's not yeah. getting down. Yep. <laughs> I, I do have to sad bell this for just a moment. And it's not even really a sad bell, but now, obviously not 1984, but in 2017, all I can think of now is in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Have you watched that at all? First when season. When she talks about turning the crank to power the generator in the bunker. Yeah. And I think she first mentions, like, you can put up with anything for 10 seconds at a time, which <laughs> becomes like a running gag in the show. And it's one of those it's one of those jokes from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt that is so funny. And then you think about it, you're like, this is wrong. This is really, <laughs> really, really, really wrong. But now, of course, when I watch Wook just putting her all into that crank, it's like, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> she is Urgle. Yep. <laughs> You said Angie Wook. No, she's the Urgle. Angie Wook is every academic ever. <laughs> his speech pattern is fantastic, though. And that little oh, yeah. flourish that he does with his hand. I know people who have actually written books, and this is the most perfect. Someday I'll publish my book. Years of study. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, that sounds about right. After and I then- send a child into the dangerous wilderness to collect some information for me. <laughs> No oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> I think there's union rules against that. There has to be. So yeah, he talks about scientific circles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about a hundred years of study, and these are only oh. the early years. Yeah. <laughs> a century of studying the Southern Oracle by Professor Engiwuk, Volume One: The Early Years. And I have to say, when I took in. Uh, library school i had to take a whole course on evaluation and the most important thing we learned was how to read academic journal articles without actually reading the whole article (laughs) and the most important thing i learned was always have a colon in your title so you have (laughs) the snappy punny title colon boring explanation of what the article is And so i'm just very excited by how elaborate this title is it fits everything just he's he's perfect he's the perfect academic and he doesn't go and do the thing he just studies what other people do (laughs) yes living on the achievements of other men so it's good to know that if he ever actually published this you would find it in a scholarly journey journal sorry and you would breeze through it and just get the bullet points (laughs) yeah yeah his thousand years of work yeah i got the gist of it Read the abstract, the intro. (laughs) Cliff notes. Yeah. Well, and it's because they're so structured. Like, there's the section where you're explaining your methodology. And I don't need to read that unless you need the methodology. I would love to read that section for his methodology. (laughs) That would be the best part. I wait for the luck dragon to bring me willing victims. (laughs) (laughs) Once I have an innocent child, then I'm ready to begin my experiments. Hey, Donnie, turn your gain down just a little bit more. Okay, sorry about that. It's okay. We're getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a little further on Mike. Better? Yeah. Okay. Um, this does match the Engie Wook in the book, who is very clear that he does not go and try and access the Southern Oracle himself. No, no. He waits for people to tell him about it. Now, I'm kind of curious. I don't remember if I brought this up in another minute or not. Did I talk about the connection between them and Princess Bride and whether, 
like which book was written first and if it modeled maybe the couple from the other one you have not but you should to say okay. that <laughs> okay. i'll say that thing so say that thing <laughs> that that thing I've, tom just said <laughs> yes <laughs> i've been kind of wondering if you know, one modeled the classic elderly couple after the other, but I don't know which book came first and whether they were read by each other. But the way they mirror each other with their dynamic is is too strong to think that one didn't play off the other one in some way. Or if there's some further back, you know, couple that they were mimicking. But I, I, I was just going to say, I wonder if it's a type thing. Yeah. If it's a hero's journey uh, archetype thing. Um. Never Ending Story was 1979. The Princess Bride is 1973. Huh. So well, Urgel is far ways. less abrasive than Valerie. Did you see her yeah. in her other minutes? <laughs> no, I, I I don't remember her I, being. I don't remember her screaming at the top of her lungs. True, she wasn't doing the whole temper tantrum. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. Although uh, uh, Tierney just mentioned that uh, he. He makes a point of not going to the Oracle himself. That calls into question everything that he's doing. If he's not, what do you have to be to cross this gate? Pure of heart or confident in yourself? Yes, this one is knowing you're being yeah, confident in your own self, not doubting yourself. So I, I'm not sure if I buy the legitimacy of his work on the Southern Oracle if he's not confident enough in it to actually pass the Sphinxes. All right, at least go through the first gate. Yeah. You know? Well, he's an armchair academic. Aren't, aren't most academics armchair <laughs> yeah. academics? Not all of them are, are I, Indiana I say, Jones. Uh, other than Dr. Jones. <laughs> Indiana <laughs> Jones minute. <laughs> for the record, a terrible archaeologist. You call I him Dr. Ingiwook, doll. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. We may have an episode title right there. <laughs> so, did you, did you, I can't even talk now. <laughs> this noise that Ingewook makes at the end of the minute, he's oh. just this weird grumbling, stuttering, giggling thing. I, I talk about it more in the next minute when we get some more vocalizations. But yeah. my last note for this minute was, I didn't realize Felcor was that close to the crank. Like, he's right there. Yeah. I... It looked like they were in the middle of nowhere when <laughs> Wait, Atreyu was talking talk to him. He's, when she is turning the He's crank. just lounging there while she does all yeah. the work. La la la, la la la, turning the crank. Um, was that his tail right there? Yeah, that's his body, or tail. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely his tail. Uh, they had to put it there just to In, give like, you some 40s. more of that perspective, I'm guessing. Right. To reinforce that these two are very small. By the way, we didn't actually talk about that. When we get outside and you see Atreyu walking next mm -hmm. to the whole contraption that's like <laughs> enormous next to her and it's like a child's toy next to him. Yeah. And the way he just like jumps across. <laughs> yeah. He's got to have this contraption and Atreyu just walks across it. Yeah. <laughs> so much fun. Well, I mean, when she hands him the medicine, it's like this giant mug for her and he gets a thimble. Yeah, <laughs> he's taking a shot. Yep, exactly. I, I did not pick up on that when I was a kid. It wasn't until I recently watched it for our own podcast that I put that together. Yeah. I'm a little ashamed of that. I <laughs> probably shouldn't have admitted that. 
No, but, no, you'd be surprised what we've come know, across where we're like, holy crud, we did not recognize this as a kid. Yeah, and actually, I don't think I ever put it together in the cave, even though, like you said, there's that cup. He is filmed so that his face is filling the frame. Like, it's yeah. very clearly that perspective. But yeah, I don't think I put it together until they were out here. And you see, like, Engiwook in the basket and Atreyu just, like, hopping across the- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What to Engiwook, I'm sure, is a chasm of great depth. It was actually pretty impressive. I mean, in this post-Lord of the Rings age where we're used to that cool perspective well done, they did a pretty good job back in 86 or whenever this was made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This week is full of amazing stuff like that. I think perspective was one of Wolfgang Peterson's favorite things to play with, especially in this movie. He does it so often, like starting at the beginning of the movie with the rock giant and the tiny people. Yeah. You know, he does this thing where he'll have the back screen is playing something he recorded before for a giant person, but in the fore screen, you've got the small people actually acting. And he does that a lot. A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he, and apparently got it out of his system. (laughs) I assume that doesn't come up much in Das Boot. (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> to be German... fair I've never watched the movie maybe I'm wrong the Germans are actually supposed to be gnomes <laughs> oh, oh it, it all it all takes place in a kitchen sink <laughs> <laughs> you didn't pick up on that oh, I, I missed totally that. missed it <laughs> wow. oh we're learning so much doing these podcasts <laughs> this is what it's all about oh so I've exhausted my notes for this minute do you guys have anything else no, I'm really excited to talk about next minute. Yeah, because yes, sorry. Yeah, we get into we get into some great stuff. So, Donnie, why don't you take a minute and tell the people where you're from? Because I didn't just pick you up off the side of the street because I knew you. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> uh, currently in Bakersfield, I have my own podcast with some other guys. MGTPodcast.com. If there's more to that, I'm sure Chris did it on episodes 33 through whatever he did. Uh, <laughs> he's our guy that does that. So uh, MGT Podcast, that's us. Awesome. Uh, Tierney, do you have any business you want to cover real quick? Uh, well, I'm very busy in my scientific circles. <laughs> but when I'm not studying the Southern Oracle, I not only host here, but I host a Movies by Minute podcast on Return to Oz, which you can find at returntoozminute.com and other places, but that will include all of them. And I am part of Die Hard Minute, which is going to be coming out soon, which is a bunch of Movies by Minute teams are each taking a week to cover that movie. So it's going to be really exciting. I'm looking forward to guesting on that. Yep. That'll, that'll be coming at you this fall. I don't know exactly when it's starting in September, but somewhere, somewhere around there. Not Uh, super family friendly. That one. No, no. no. And not all the movies by minutes are family friendly. Okay. Just we, we tend to go with whatever the movie is. That's how the podcast tends to be. Ah. Um, they didn't Makes do sense. that. Die Hard Minute is supposed to be family friendly, and it's really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I would say that's the hardest thing right now, which is like, I I can't quote this because it's I'm going to have to beep it and don't want to deal with that. Yeah. yeah. That's a special project, but generally, if a movie cusses, the, yeah. the host cusses well. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay, friend. Friend. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's gonna be like the Comedy Central. Did you guys ever watch the Comedy Central ones that were edited for TV and it's like the worst dubbing <laughs> ever? And I never will forget. Okay, sorry. This is slightly off topic, but I swear. Um, Dazed and Confused, when that was on <laughs> television, not cable, the when the girls are in the car and... Uh, not Renee Zellweger, the blonde, whatever her name is from Chasing Amy, is like, just tell me what they said about me. I'm not going to get mad. <laughs> and the thing is, okay, fine. She thinks you're a, and I forget what, and she goes, and you're a slob. Except <laughs> slob is in a completely different voice. And she goes, a slob? She called me a slob? I'm going to kill, like, it's, it's the worst. I'm sorry, my spikes are all over the place, but it is the best, worst dubbing ever to get around a swear word it is absolutely hysterical i totally recommend watching it it yes. will entertain you to no end you stupid mother fanboy <laughs> <laughs> i remember die hard for in 64 or something like that and they used actual sound clips from the movie but this was before video games you know crossed that bridge and they just cut it off so like on cutscenes mm. and stuff bruce willis bruce willis would say yippee which sounds ridiculous just by itself. That's a dumb, <laughs> it's a dumb thing to say. <laughs> awesome. Oh, boy. All right, so we do have plenty to look forward to. We're going to find out what's up on top of this mountain. But that's, that's another, another story. story that shall be told another time. All right. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler. I'm keeping your bones.